wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, the South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM, and I'm so happy to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. This is a program where you can be part of. And we're inviting you right from the beginning, if you like, to send us a text message on 0488880811 with your questions, with your um, comments on the topic on this program. This number will give it to you as we go and uh, jot it down if you don't know it uh, yet. Uh, but I believe uh, our uh, faithful listeners, they already have this number somewhere uh, saved. Uh, but if you are tuning in, maybe the first time with us, uh, you can be part of this program, as I said, uh, by sending us a text message. Also, we'll have a wonderful book to give you a free offer uh, today. Again, on the same number, uh, you just need to send us uh, um, an SMS. But uh, stay tuned uh, for that one uh, to come a bit uh, later. Also, if you like to get in touch with us for many reasons, you may miss out on some of the programs, you want to find some more information, you can always uh, visit our website, faithfm.com.au. You can write us uh, also an email uh, to info at faithfm.com.au. It's my privilege to welcome uh, today our co-host, uh, and uh, we had a bit of a break, obviously, over the uh, New Year, Christmas, and all those things. And it's the first time when we are we are sitting together here with Tracy Papandreou, our um, co-host. Tracy, good to have you with us. Thanks, Nick. Hi to you, and hi to all the listeners. Oh well, uh, did you have a good uh, break, or you are still in holiday? Are you? Oh. I had a good break, but it's coming to an end at the end of end of this week. Back to work next week. Um, but it was lovely. I think all of us need some downtime every now and then just mm. to recharge our batteries. And so that's um, that's what I tried to focus on. So, all right. Yeah. Well, uh, you're coming to a very good. Um, Good time, you know, to talk about the Bible. You know, is the Bible relevant in the third millennium? This is the, the topic for the whole week. You know, we approach some of the questions like, does the Bible matter? Uh, how did we get the Bible? And can the Bible be trusted? What does archaeology say about the Bible? And uh, just that other day, uh, uh, Fabiano and Helen, they looked into this uh, one can the Bible be trusted? What did Jesus say about the Bible? And it was a wonderful program, actually. If you missed that one, again, you can uh, go on our website and uh, listen back to some of the programs. But even better, you can download our app, Faith FM Australia. Sometimes, you know, you can uh, be in an area where the reception can be a bit scratchy. But with the app, you can have it in your pocket uh, every time and uh, crystal uh, clear. Download it um, right away and enjoy our programs. But yeah, today, as I said, um, uh, Tracy, we are going to, to look into this a little bit, maybe wrap it up, bring it a little bit together. And our question for today is like the, the question of the week, you know, uh, is the Bible still relevant in the third 
millennium. Mm-hmm. I believe we'll, uh, we'll have a very good um, uh, discussion about this as we go. But um, while I'm uh, preparing to have uh, with us uh, via phone um, a guest today, I just like you to listen to a song and uh, we'll be back very shortly while I'm preparing um, the interview with our um, uh, guest also. And uh, the song which I would like you to listen to is A Light of the World. There's a light in the valley There's a light on a distant shore A light on a mountain It's the light that'll guide you home It shines in the darkness It speaks through the word The light of forgiveness Light of the world I was lost in a Lost on a raging sea Lost on the mountain Until the light shone on me Led me out of the darkness Back to the shore To the top of the mountain To be lost no more Sister, sing my 
This is Fate FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita and uh, Tracy Papandreou. But uh, right now I have uh, on the line David DeLima from Family Voice Australia. David, can you hear us? Yes, Nick, Tracy. It's wonderful to be broadcasting with you once again. Hi, oh, David. Wonderful, wonderful. David, you are uh, driving. I hope you had uh, hands-free. <laughs> Yes, absolutely, Nick. Got to be safe. <laughs> Look, it's very nice to catch up with you, David, after a bit of a break, you know, over the... Um end of the year, you know, and uh, look, we are already in the second month of the year, and wonderful, you know, I don't know how this uh, went uh, this month. How did it happen? I don't know, I'm, I still believe I'm yeah, uh, early January, but it's um, it's February, and it's good to have you with us, uh, David, again, you are uh, a faithful, uh, you know, uh, uh, contributor to say so to our programs to Faith FM radio. I enjoy always uh, uh, Fridays, you know, to chat with you, to talk to you, and um, uh, have a little bit of um, yeah different views uh, on the topic which we discuss. Because David, uh, as the director of Family Voice Australia uh, for South Australia Northern Territory, um, you're visiting a lots of churches, a lots. Of, you come across a lots of people with different views. You see, because uh, sometimes people can have a very uh, objective uh, point of view, you know, uh, in regard to certain things in the Bible. And because we are studying um, together today and approaching this subject, uh, is the Bible still relevant in yes. the early third millennium? You know, it's a very good question. And I wonder, uh, David, um, if I could ask on this question, how has the Bible shaped our culture? Yes. Well, the, the scriptures of the Old and New Testament are absolutely central to Western civilization. And uh, this is particularly made clear, interestingly, at the coronation of each of our of the monarchs, mm. which we, which we uh, revere within the, what we call the Westminster system. So here in Australia, we have Queen Elizabeth II. And coming up on Sunday, it will be 70 years that she has been queen. So that's a wonderful... Milestone, and uh, in about 18 months' time, it will be the 70th anniversary of the coronation. Mm-hmm. And not the coronation, Queen Elizabeth is presented with a copy of Holy Scripture. Mm. So that really typifies how, how much our culture has historically treasured the Scriptures because the, the monarch needs the Bible in order to understand right from wrong and to be right. able to govern, to advise, to caution to warn, 
and the uh, the role of, of scripture really throughout the culture, it's it's hard to know where to begin. But uh, all of our laws within the Western tradition are anchored in scripture, the Ten Commandments, the Golden Rule. Uh, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, mm-hmm. and to love your neighbor as yourself. These key principles, the Ten Commandments, the Golden Rule, and the commandment to love as Christ is love, to love our neighbor as ourselves. And what Jesus himself said that all of the law hangs on that. So the, the laws of our country um, traditionally have really hung upon Scripture. Oh, that's uh, so important, David. Uh, on the other Another program, I, I make, um, this comment that, uh, yeah, society, you know, it's, uh, it's based, you know, on a biblical principles. I wonder if today we still, um, reflect that, you know, in, uh, in the actions and things we do. But yeah, as you just said, the, uh, leadership, you know, even in the parliament, uh, here in Australia and many other countries, you know, they open with a prayer and do things, uh, um, ref- you know, in accordance with what the Bible says, uh, but I wonder if that has not become a little bit more like just a routinely thing, you know, rather than uh, really influencing our life, you know, and uh, guiding our life. Um, Yeah. Well, it is certainly the case, Nick, that uh, fewer, fewer and fewer people are reading the Bible. In fact, a lot of Christians don't read the Bible very much, interestingly, Mm -hmm. but uh, be that as it may, the role of scripture as foundational to the culture is a reality, even if we are drifting away from practicing that reality. So mm. the, the laws that we have, the customs, the principles, the values, they're all anchored in scripture, whether we recognize it or not. Now, it's much better if we do recognize it and are refreshed by reading scripture to see how valuable it is. All right. Even if, even if we don't. Uh, it's still there in the same way that if you think of the building that any of us might be dwelling in, our homes or our offices or, or wherever, our workplaces, schools, wherever they might be, each of those buildings has a foundation, and we rarely go and look at the foundations, but we are relying upon them whether we look at them or not. Mm. And the same is, same is true of Scripture. It's foundational. Uh, whether we recognize it or not, but how much better if we were to recognize it. Yeah, and uh, I believe in the end uh, the Bible is still relevant. It's about us if we are, uh, uh, you know, relevant to the Bible, <laughs> not, not the Bible if it's relevant to us. Um, okay, uh, just let me ask you another question quickly, uh, as time is going very fast uh, today, but uh, um, is the Bible uh, study much in the schools today, David? No, it isn't. Um, mm. We, even in our Christian schools, strangely, the scriptures are not studied the way they ought to be. Uh, but what we really need is to have Bible lessons where entire books of the Bible are read. It might be one or two chapters per lesson. And I'm doing that at the moment with the Gospel of Mark in a, in mm-hmm. a school that I'm very closely connected to. And it's an absolute privilege to be able to just to read the scriptures and make some comments as we go through them. But, uh, you know, Nick, we don't even do that in church. We, we, we have a verse here or a verse there or half a chapter here or half a chapter there, but the scriptures were written to be read aloud. And you think of a letter arriving perhaps from the Apostle Paul to the people at Ephesus and the, uh, 
the, the, the man charged with bringing that book would have probably read it mm-hmm. and said, you know, if only Paul could be here, but he can't, so he's written you this, this letter and let me read it. And he would have read the whole book of Ephesians and they probably would have said, all right, let's have a, let's have a break for a cup of tea or whatever they had in the ancient world mm-hmm. and let's hear it again. And uh, there's nothing more wonderful than hearing long slabs of Scripture being read, entire books being read. That's, that's what a letter is. You, you don't, I write you a letter, Nick, you're not going to sit down and just consider one sentence at a time for the next, next six months. You're going to read the whole thing right through and then maybe again. Yes, and David, uh, not only in the church, I believe the Bible needs to be uh, open, you know, and read uh, more often, you know, in our homes, you know, in uh, some other um, yes. circumstances. Uh, let me ask you this uh, question, and uh, if you could give us, a, uh, again, a quick uh, answer. Uh, how can we better promote uh, the study yes. of the Bible? Yes. Well, recently I went into a Christian bookshop to buy a handsome leather-bound gilt-edged Bible because in my work in uh, speaking to school students, I want them to see me holding the Bible and reverencing it in the way that it's presented. It's mm. a, a thought that we may not have had before. But more than that, to read it reverently and aloud and to explain its meaning and to explain how valuable that is personally. So uh, schools are important. Families are even more important. What we need, Nick, is fathers in our homes, if there is a father. Mm-hmm. Not always the case, but <laughs> wherever possible. The fathers should be reading the Scriptures to the children so that they can see what it means to him. Yes. And and they will conclude, your God will be my God. Oh, that's uh, that's wonderful. Uh, David, thank you so much for uh, sharing with us uh, today. May God bless you. And uh, wherever you go and uh, talk to people, students or uh, people in the church, uh, continue to encourage people to read the Thank Bible you. and to um, to be relevant to the teachings of the Bible because we can see in the world today how much the Bible comes alive, you know, and uh, yes. the prophecies of the Bible and all those things. And we are going to talk a little bit more today in our program about this. But yeah, may God bless you and looking forward to hear from you again uh, next time. Thank you, Nick. Okay, God bless. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. And welcome back here in the studio with uh, Nick Rita and uh, Tracy Papandreou. This is uh, Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. Uh, wonderful topic uh, today, uh, Tracy. Uh, is the Bible still relevant in the early third millennium? Mm-hmm. Now, just um, a, about yourself a little bit, Tracy. Is any other things new which I don't know? Uh, should I introduce you? But uh, uh, I know you are a member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Australia, Brighton Church. Still Brighton, Brighton Church, Church, yeah? yeah. Yes, yes. And Tracy, it's a faithful, uh, you know, uh, uh, believer and passionate of sharing the gospel, the Bible, the words of the the gospel with as many people as possible. And you do that through radio. Well, I never knew that I was going to be doing that. But this is the thing. When you put your um, life in God's hands, who knows what you'll end up doing. Mm. But, um, you know, um, having God in my life has changed my life so much for the better that I'm enthusiastic about other people discovering that as well. Okay. Well, uh, we I know, as you just said, it was that 
period of holiday and a bit of rest and uh, uh, churches sometimes, some churches close because of these things still going on. Um, but I'm looking forward to hear some of the activities in uh, your church. Uh, and uh, by the way, while we're talking about this, it's Friday uh, and um, we start uh, keeping Sabbath from sunset from tonight until uh, Saturday sunset. Uh, uh, the whole day, if you like to um, worship in a Seventh-day Adventist church, why not search for a church in your area mm. and uh, join us? Uh, tomorrow, particularly, most of the churches will uh, start at uh, 10 o'clock, but probably some of them even 9.30 with um, a bit more preliminaries and uh, stuff like that. But search a Seventh-day Adventist church in your area and have that experience and see um, what's going on. Uh, but Tracy, before I'm going into the topic uh, today a bit more deeply, uh, I would like to give that uh, offer, which I mentioned a bit earlier, that we have a wonderful book to give away. If you could just share a little bit about that book, the number where you can um, request this free offer from us is zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. What you need to do is just to send the text message with the code SA30. SA stands for South Australia 30, 30. Because I think, um, in, with my strong accent, uh, the other day I said, uh, quickly 30 and some people understood that it was 13. Well, uh, I even had to ask you. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, make sure that you, you, if you, if you like Three this zero. book, which uh, Tracy is going to introduce to you, SA30. And that's without a space between the SA and the, and the 30. Um, so today's uh, offer is a book called God's Word as Therapy, and uh, it's written by Sharon Platt MacDonald. And the synopsis here says, through our life's experiences, God speaks to us. And certainly I can say that that's what I experience as well. Mm. The powerful words that he speaks are recorded in Scripture. This book is a collection of powerful words and remarkable accounts of how God's hand has intervened in Sharon's life so um, it sounds like it's a little bit of it's a kind of sounds to me like it's a little bit of a testimonial mm-hmm. um, uh, this this author is talking about how God has changed uh, circumstances I haven't read this I'm I'm, I'm guessing based, based on the synopsis that that's what it's about and and probably referring to scripture and various promises and 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 certain things like like that to to um, make really practical the word of God because sometimes we can see scripture and you know we don't necessarily take it on board and 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 um, and live it, if mm-hmm, you like. Mm-hmm. And when we hear testimonies, that's where we see the word working in people's lives. And I think that's what this this um, book is going to be about. So I urge all the listeners to take the opportunity and um, text in SA30 to the number again, Nick. 0488880811. And that book can be yours with no strings attached. Very well, very well. Hey, Tracy, let's uh, dig deep a little bit into this uh, subject. When we talk about the third millennium, uh, the period from, you know, um, uh, 2001, uh, we have seen many changes. Obviously, in this short period of time, in the third millennium, oh, I can't believe it. I just, uh, as a bracket here, many years ago, I was 
interested in the Bible and the prophecy of the Bible, and I thought, how could those things happen? You know, even growing in a communist country, I thought, I just scratched my head, you know, I said, how things will happen? Wow, boy, you know, uh, in the last uh, just uh, two decades, um, really came tumbling down on us, you know, and we can see a lots of a lots of things. Well, I, I came into the church in 2000 as well. All right. right. So, so I too did the same thing. I, I believed what was there, but mm. I said, how is this, uh, you know, how is this all going to play out? Um, but, but. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe you have some statistics, uh, Tracy, to to share with us probably uh, today, uh, and help us to understand how fast the world is changing. It's easy for us to forget, you know, all of the changes that we've gone through, you know, just in the last. 20 or so years. So I just thought we'd do a little snapshot of a little replay of all of that. I found um, an article from the World Economic Forum and it was dated 18th of November 2020. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit um, behind, but it gives the picture to help us see how much the world has changed and is changing. So if we think about internet usage, in 2000, Less than 7% of the world was online. Right. But that figure now sits at more than 90%. So we've seen huge changes in media usage as far as that's concerned. Cell phones or mobile phones, whatever you wish to call it. Um, in 2000, there were 740 million mm-hmm. subscriptions or, or um, uh, paid up connections. And two decades later, we now have 8 billion more cell phones in the world. So mm. that's, uh, sorry, 8 billion. So that, that means right now we've got more cell phones in the world than people. Yes. Wow. So, you know, when you kind of think about how that, how that was so different years ago. Both you and I, Nick, are old enough to remember when there weren't cell phones and, you know, when you're running late for a meeting, you couldn't just quickly ring somebody. No, and, that's yeah, right. It's, yeah. it's so different. Portability of technology is different too. You know, it was only in 2001 that Apple sold its first iPod and six years later it introduced the iPhone. Now, look at look at how things are these days in terms of how much um, the iPhone dominates the market. Mm. You know, this led the world into, you know, a situation where technology touches almost everything we do now. And media consumption is a big change, and I think this is going to be a big player going forward as well. In 2004, fewer than one million people were on a media, a platform that was called MySpace. Right. That's almost dead. Well, it is dead and buried and lots of people wouldn't even know about it or remember it now. Facebook had not even been launched at that stage. Now, by 2018, so Facebook in 2004 had not even been launched. By 2018, Facebook had more than 2.26 billion Mm. users with other sites also growing to hundreds of millions of users. So media consumption has changed significantly over the last um, 20 or so years. And um, there's also been changes in the religious world as well. And there's various papers saying various things. It, things go up and down a little bit. You know, there's a decline in those declaring themselves as Christian. Right. There's um, a category that often gets referred to as the nuns. Mm-hmm. Now this is people who believe in, 
nothing yes. at all. Um, church attendance is generally quite down over the last 20 years. And um, those seeing the Bible as relevant has, has also changed over that time. Okay. Uh, you mentioned that the, there are some changes in, uh, in people's belief um, of the relevance of the Bible. Yeah, I actually found this one a little bit. Uh, I didn't. I didn't expect it when I looked into the research because I had read uh, in previous papers, you know, a, a decline of people seeing the Bible as relevant. But um, the Barner Institute, the Barner Research, um, they actually um, engaged the American Bible Society to um, prepare some statistics, and they put that out in a paper called State of the Bible 2021. Mm-hmm. I'd just like to read a little um, excerpt from that. It says, in June, and this was June to. 2020, as COVID-19 took hold, we recorded a drop in the proportion of Americans who never used the Bible. Right. That figure fell from 35% in 2019 to 31% in the summer of 2020. So this is people who've never looked at the Bible before. There's there's less of them. Mm -hmm. So this means people are beginning to pick up the Bible, whether this is COVID that's doing this. As of January 2021, the proportion of American adults who never use the Bible has fallen to 29%, its lowest point since 2016, along with the drop in nevers, nuns, these are people who, who never read the Bible, we, observe, we observed a modest rise in Bible users. Okay, okay. Uh, so it seems uh, perhaps uh, that the pandemic has made Christians uh, who never looked at the Bible before to want to know more. Because I come from a background where uh, even calling ourselves Christians, but probably never open a Bible, you know. Uh, and I don't want to... That was my background too. ...name necessarily, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the religion, but yeah. Mm, mm. People are looking for answers to this world that's spinning out of Control, you know, and I just want to give an example that I'm horrified about that I heard about last year where there's a movement for pedophiles. They don't want to be called pedophiles in t- anymore. They want to be wow. called minor attracted. And why is that? Because they want to desensitize mm. people. You know, that's if you look back even 50 years at what we are shocked about these days compared to what, um, our, our our parents, our grandparents would have been shocked about it's it's quite different because there's a slow desensitization to yeah. to the world is moving further and further away from the precepts of the Lord, um, normalizing things that that really should not be normalized, and you know. Um, People are looking to that people know that something's just not right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and as much as um you know, the 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 world likes to present itself as progressive mm-hmm. and you know, we're 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 pulling off all of the um archaic um uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A baggage that we've had in the past, right. you know. Some some people see, you know, that Christianity and and the 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 precepts around it are things that have held society back. Okay, you know? yes. Um, we 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 need a standard that we can use that we can trust as our world in its quote mm. unquote progressiveness moves forward. Um, 
In fact, in reality, in many ways, we're moving further and further away from the wisdom of God's word, his laws and his ways. Mm. And um, there's many people who in their gut, they know that something's not right and they're looking for answers. And look, really what you just shared here triggered my um, some thoughts, you know, and um, I was just thinking that I may uh, just forget for a few minutes to think that I'm in front of a microphone, you know, and say a few things. And uh, But I have to be careful because, you know, as you just said, using the example of the pedophiles, you know, um, not to be named pedophiles because uh, now it's a sti- stigma, you know, I mean, and, and it should be. It should mm-hmm. be because those people who do uh, those sort of things, you know, should be pointed out, to be honest. Uh, but to change the thing to be just minor attracted, whatever, doesn't seem right. In my head, as I said, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to say that maybe I'm not in front of the microphone now, but in my head, it says probably the change should be more like uh, criminals than uh, than uh, attracted to minors because it's a crime. Well, it's a crime. It's, it's a, a crime, crime, you know, uh, and yeah. But so, so, but that's that's just one example of society taking things that we know are, are not of God and are not do not follow the guidelines that God gives us in order to have a happy and well society. Um, and rather than people looking mm. at the word and saying. Well, you know, there, there's something where I don't align up with this, Lord. You know, help me to line up with what you say. I, uh, I, your wise precepts. There's simply a let's do it another way. And that's the problem. Uh, probably the we, we want out. to be very free of uh, what, who we are, what we do. But freedom, uh, you know, can be just. Uh, my freedom, your freedom. For for example, you know, because the the idea of uh, subjective truth, it's so pervasive. Yeah, yeah, in uh, in these uh, days, my truth is my truth, and your truth is your truth. Uh, um, that it can uh, can be difficult when people are looking for genuine wisdom and guidance in how to direct their lives. And that's it. And I think that's why people are. At this time of crisis, they're looking for for answers. Mm. They're looking for an absolute truth. You know, the 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 reality is that my truth is my truth. Your truth is your truth. Um, it doesn't always cut it. Mm. So mm. you know, and and like I said, d- deep down in a person's gut, you know, there are times when they know, you know, that that's just not that's just not going to cut it. Mm. You know, if you're a Christian. You're a follower of Christ. And when people had questions about how to know what is the right thing to do, Jesus often directed them back to the scriptures. Um, so, you know, Jesus thought that, mm. the, that the scriptures were a good standard to, to help us to, to understand. Um, I like uh, the way he brings this out. It's particularly seen in the prelude to uh, where he starts to talk about the parable of the Good Samaritan. So in Luke ten twenty five to 28, I'll just read that. It says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, this is Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he's mm. referring, I mean, the scriptures in those days were just what 
the Old Testament, but he's referring um, this lawyer back to to the scripture. Um, and so the lawyer answers. So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. And I think it's very telling when we look at um, the next part of the scripture. You know, the key to the Bible being for each person a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path, which is um, what Psalm 119 uh, verse 105 uh, tells us it can be. The key to that is in believing it completely and doing what it advises to do. I mean, if we look at this scripture further, uh, we see that the lawyer went on and it says, but he wanting to justify himself said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And mm-hmm. that's what led into Jesus giving us the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. But there you see a situation of a person, he really just doesn't want to have any um, responsibility to, for, for looking out for people around him. And he's looking to be able to weasel out of that. Mm. And that's where, where Jesus comes back and gives the, the parable. So I just want to point out that the Bible is very relevant for us today, but we must be very diligent also in taking the time to just to study across it, you know, you can get into so much trouble when you just take one scripture and you make a doc- doctrine of it. You right. Know, in, in anything, sometimes a little bit of knowledge can cause more problems than anything. I can think about when I was first learning Italian and the f- first time I went over to Italy and I I was okay about asking where's the bathroom, mm-hmm. but when they came back and they went down the street, round the corner, I was kind of lost because I only had a small bit of knowledge. So we have to be very very careful when we use the Bible that we that we use it with reverence and we understand that it is a library. And that we are not to just take one All scripture right. and, and use it to support maybe views that we already have before you even come to the Bible. I think that's a very important uh, aspect, uh, Tracy, you raised up here and uh, how to look at the Bible, you know, uh, because you can uh, make a whole doctrine out of uh, one single passage taken out of context. We are going to discuss a little bit more about this um, after the break because we are going to take a short break right now. Just before I'm playing a, a song, I want to um, let our listener know also that uh, I'm going to share some messages which came through just uh, today and maybe, maybe a day before, um, just to share with uh, our listeners uh, what, what you what are your responses, you know, and your uh, uh, perspective of. Uh, programs like this on uh, Faith FM. Uh, and also we are going to um, uh, talk a little bit more about the book, the offer which we have for today, a wonderful book called uh, God's Word as Therapy. Uh, and we offer that as a free gift to you. Uh, stay with us. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we're taking this short break. And uh, Sandra uh, Enterman has a beautiful song called So Many Books. So come- 
song uh, Tracy I thought uh, you enjoyed that song did you I just thought it was you know it tells it, it tells it all sometimes a song can say so much yeah this is uh, Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A uh, Nick Rita and Tracy Papandreou talking today about is the Bible still relevant in the early third millennium and uh, just before the break uh, Tracy we talked about you know how um, you can look at the Bible from various aspects uh, but just just before the break we kind of alluded that we are going to to see how uh, uh, important it is to understand in the context you know the the bible and uh, uh, just before i'm moving to that i like to mention the offer again which we have for today because uh, time is it's running uh, out and I don't want to miss out on uh, giving this offer again. Uh, we have the book God's Word as Therapy by uh, Sharon uh, Platt McDonald. And uh, this is a very in- interesting book. Uh, I believe you'll enjoy it. You just need to send us a text message on 0488880811 with the code SA30. SA stands for South Australia, number 330. No space in between them, and you'll have this book in your hands. Also, I mentioned uh, Tracy a bit early because I like to share a few messages coming from our mm, listeners. Please do. And one just coming uh, today um, says this. Faith FM has taught me so much, so much more about the Bible that I ever learn from my churches and is the listener is mentioning some of the churches like Baptist Presbyterian uh, Methodist uh, church in my 60 years so I thank you all for your wonderful lessons and input into this station you have all blessed me and my husband so very abundantly oh that's a beautiful uh, message thank you so much and that's uh, from margie and we thank that's you margie, right because that gives us you know that spurs us on you know when we get feedback and we know that people are really uh, being blessed and margie and, and uh, charles uh, actually they share with us in a previous message uh, how they uh, been exposed to our faith fm uh, uh, programs i mean uh, we we first heard the, about faith fm about three years ago when uh, we were asked to house the faith fm transmitter uh well that's wonderful you know uh, in queensland 
And after listening to the programs, uh, they were exposed to the truth of the Bible and encouraged to read the Bible, you know, more for themselves. That's wonderful. God knew who needed the transmitter in there. Absolutely. <laughs> and, housed at their house. <laughs> and thank you so much, uh, Margie and um, Charles, for that uh, uh, message. Uh, we really, we really appreciate all the messages coming through for, from our uh, listeners. Also, another one, just a quick one, uh, if I could. Uh, get this one. Uh, I mean, I'm very proud to be part of the Western Australia Carlson Clarkson or Clarkson Seventh Day Adventist Church, starting with Sabbath school at uh, 9:30, then uh, church service at 11. I believe our listener just listened to the invitation a bit earlier when we invite people to join uh, um, us uh, at the church uh, every Saturday morning. And yeah, thank you for uh, sharing uh, that with, with us, David. Um, and uh, yeah, you have a very beautiful message a bit earlier um, sharing with us that uh, uh, living in the countryside in Western Australia, uh, you were born in 1963. Uh, my wife was born. Um, uh, can you uh, read that next uh, passage? In, in, uh, I'm I think struggling that says from in, here. In, was born in Hull, England in mm-hmm. 1962. So he talks about uh, her being in a large family of nine there and they all attended Sunday fellowship and she came to Australia when she was seven mm-hmm. and a half. And it talks about their... Basically, their passage in uh, finding a, a relationship with Jesus and decisions that they made. Uh, we both made decisions for Jesus at eighteen, so it's really interesting um, looking at that at that journey that God takes people people on. Yes, and know? they said that they were worshiping in a Pentecostal church, um, and uh, yeah, giving us a little bit of background. Uh, if God said it. Or inspired, or inspired it, it. It's so. They did so, yeah, okay. Talking about the Bible, because that's uh, relevant to, to our um, our topic. And he's talking about uh, his wife. She just had uh, has problems with, uh, uh, with some of the interpretation uh, of the Bible. But uh, it's good. It's good that uh, we well, have an open mind, you know. Adventist interpretation. Oh, okay. And that's very important to, you know, to be like the Bereans. You know, when they listen yeah. to to Paul, but they went home and checked the Bible to say uh, to see if the Bible says so. What Paul Do you was know, preaching. Nick, that was one of the things that really won me over when I came to the Adventist Church because, as much as I was being taught, they said to me, "But don't take our word for it. You go mm-hmm. home and you study for yourself, Tracy." And that was really a big thing for me. You know that I thought. Wow, you know, not kind of saying, you know, you will believe what we say. It it was just encouraging me if I had any queries or doubts or anything or, or, you know, and and they encouraged me, check what we say, Mm. you know, uh, don't just take. What, what comes out of our mouth as, as, as gospel. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much again for those messages. But back on track, uh, we have very few minutes, uh, Tracy. Let's see how we can uh, bring it together. Mm. Uh, because we talked about uh, that we need to consult the scripture, you know, when we are uh, looking for answers, uh, not just pick one text and make a doctrine out of it. Yeah. And I, you know, I wanted to, to show an example of the relevance of the Bible and how you've got to be so careful and 
make sure you do study diligently. I have a friend overseas um, and I'm going to talk about the vaccine, Nick, but, mm. you know, I don't really want to get into a debate about good, bad, whatever. We respect each, mm. you know, side mm. of, of, of the of the debate, if you like, because let's let's be honest, there is quite a divisive debate in society. So that's not what this is about, what I want to bring out. Um, my friend... Um, said to me that he doesn't want to take the vaccine because he believes it's a mark of the beast. Mm -hmm. And immediately I thought, this person doesn't know scripture. They know a tiny bit of it, but they haven't studied fully enough. Mm. And the the text that that he was using for that is because, um, this is a friend over in Italy, and they had the... um, uh, what did they call it? The the green pass, which was basically a vaccine passport, and a lot of places they were they were locked out of if they didn't um, have the, the the vaccine. And so the 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 text that he was using was Revelation fourteen sixteen to seventeen, um, which is a prophecy text. It talks about he. This is talking about the beast causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on. The their foreheads and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of Mm. his name. Now, I know my friend um, doesn't know who that beast is. Mm -hmm. So you must know who the beast is and you must know what the mark is before you can make a deduction about any current world event being related to the mark of the beast. Now, you've only got to go... um, a couple of verses for, uh, before that in verses 13 and 14, and it talks about the beast performing great signs so that even so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs. So the deception comes via those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. So if you look at this all properly, um, this is actually about worship and who you give your spiritual allegiance to. Mm. But I knew from some of the things that were being said, and like I said, I'm not talking about good, bad, and different. We respect each side of the, the debate. Everyone has their their reasons for, for their decision. But it can't be that the vaccine is the mark of the beast right. because Scripture just simply does not mm. say that. And, and, you know, when you mentioned that uh, he is from Italy, I was wondering a little bit, not knowing um, <laughs> some of the prophecies, you know. But anyway, I'm not going to go into that. Um, uh, do you believe uh, it's also correct to say that uh, fulfilled prophecy can help uh, us to understand the relevance? Um, yeah, I, I think it's 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 very important. Um, just before we go on to that, though, mm. I I just remembered Nick. We don't have time to go into the mark of the beast and all of that kind of thing. But you know, the the listeners can contact us because mm-hmm. we do have programs and information about that. So if that's something you want to know more about, please contact us. Um, but yes, certainly prophecy is a way that we can. Um, uh, be comfortable of the 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 uh, validity of the scriptures. So um, I was looking at an article um, from 
from a, a organization called Reasons to Believe. And in this article, they cited 13 prophecies that have been fulfilled and commented. And we don't have to, the time to go into all of them, but I just want to quote something they had to say. They went through and they showed that each of these prophecies have been fulfilled. They've been written in the Bible ahead of time and then fulfilled. And, and they had written in this article, since these 13 prophecies cover mostly separate and independent events, the probati- probability of chance occurrence for all 13 being fulfilled is about 1 to the power of 10138. It's just too big a number for me to even get get my head around. It says, for the sake of putting the figure into perspective, this probability can be compared to the statistical chance that the second law of thermodynamics will be reversed in a given situation. For example, that a gasoline engine will refrigerate, refrigerate itself during its combustion cycle or that heat will flow from a cold body to a hot body. That chance equals 1 in 1... 1,080. Mm. Um, stating it simply, based on these 13 prophecies alone, the Bible record may be said to be vastly more reliable than the second law of thermodynamics. Each reader should feel free to make his own reasonable estimates of probability for the chance fulfillment of the prophecies cited here. Mm. But the pro- probabilities that they used were estimates um, put together by a group of secular research scientists. So it wasn't like it was a bunch of creation right. scientists. Right. You know, so, Look, so, yeah. we can talk a little bit more about this but maybe another program um, I wonder how can you uh, bring it together Tracy uh, just in one minute maybe less than one minute <laughs> one minute I'm on the, on the clock okay the Bible is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path if we will allow it to be we are the ones who need to allow that to be Jesus didn't come to cancel out the, the scriptures in fact he said do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. You know, the scriptures are a way to know who Jesus is and to it assists us in developing a relationship with him. I kind of think, how else will we know if we are on the right path? Jeremiah 17.9 tells us the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So if I don't have a standard... If I'm just le- using my wicked heart to mm. be the guide, mm. Mm, might get a bit lost there. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Tracy. Our time is up for uh, today, but thank you for joining uh, Faith FM uh, team, uh, Nick and uh, Tracy. Today, we are inviting you to join us again when we are going to talk about is God, if God is a loving and all-powerful, why doesn't he fix the problems of this earth. Wow, wonderful topic. But until then, may God richly bless you and have a safe uh, walk with Jesus. All the best. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. I heard the story of Jesus Sounded like music in my ear